0: Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball. And today I am joined by Susan Amelian. She is an author, a motivational speaker, an attorney, as well as a nationally recognized expert that has been working to stop violence against women for the past 40 years. Susan, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Curtis.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Why don't you start off by telling everybody about you, you know, giving a little background about yourself, anything that you want to tell the audience?
1: Okay, so um, as you mentioned, I'm an attorney, I've been practicing law, but I've also been doing a number of things that are probably um, somewhat co- unconventional for an attorney. Um, I have been a journalist in my life. Uh, when I was a, a a journalist, I realized back when I was much, much younger, that I really wanted to be an advocate. I wanted to um, not just because uh, journalists are supposed to be objective and tell both sides of the story that I really wanted to become an advocate. And this is back in the early mi- early to mid-1970s when the women's movement was very much a part of, of our lives. And I wanted to be an advocate for women. So that's really what brought me to law school. Law school brought me to the idea that I could become an advocate, and in particular, to work on sex discrimination, not only in, in employment, which I ended up focusing a lot on, but also working on violence against women. So sexual harassment in the workplace, uh, sexual assault, I did some work at during law school and after as a sexual assault advocate in court. And also I started after law school to represent women in the legal um, arena, particularly in family law cases where there was domestic violence. And during this period of time, which um, some of your viewers may not remember because they weren't around. Um, There was, this is back in the 70s, early 80s, that there was just a beginning of recognition for um, sexual assault victimization, domestic violence as a social problem, a public health issue. And so really, it was really exciting to be part of that and frustrating because we couldn't get the things in place fast enough, but to begin to see the problem and address it. Um, and then I spent um, about 10 years working in uh, the state government. I live here in Connecticut and um, doing public policy work on these issues. And then when I left government, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do next. I've always been a writer. So I was working on some book ideas. And then in October of 1999, uh, my niece Maggie, who was a 19 year old college student was uh, shot and killed uh, by her ex-boyfriend who also killed himself. And suddenly all of the issues I had worked in, um, not that I didn't have empathy and understanding for the victims of these kinds of issues, but the issues became very personal and very immediate with Maggie's death. And I really felt I needed to do something to help other women as Maggie could not move on to help them move on. And so I started working with women in device workshops. And I now have materials that help women uh, who've come through abuse take the journey from victim to survivor and then on to being a thriver.
0: Well, let's talk about that in your own words. What does a thriver mean to you? What does that mean to be a thriver?
1: Well, it's a it's a word that people have just begun to, um, I guess, articulate. Um, although I think the um, the broadest definition is that um, when there's something that happens to you, some adversity, particularly in my case, a very uh, violent and senseless kind of situation that um we don't want to get stuck in our anger and our need for revenge sometimes it's hard um to get revenge um because like in my niece's case this young man uh, killed her and then killed himself so i really was kind of trying to figure out coming from a legal kind of mentality or mindset how was i going to get revenge and then i found this um this quote on the internet, cause I, you know, you Google things every so often and think, oh, maybe there's something here. And I got this quote, living well is the best revenge. And um, that was important not only for me, but I started thinking about it in terms of the women I was working with that they must have that same idea that they wanna do more than just survive something and living well um, is is gonna be the thing that um, something good will come out of it. And something, there'll be a bright future. So I see a thriver as somebody who takes up that moment of adversity and really starts to move to a different place, a more positive place, perhaps finds their purpose in life, which is what I have. And they believe that they will have a prosperous life ahead of them, despite all that's happened to them.
0: Is there a common thread for women who have a experienced abuse with sexual violence and domestic violence um is there a common thread in the process of moving forward for them
1: um yeah i think so i think it's it's the journey that we're all on in some way that i believe particularly as i started writing novels i've always been interested in stories um that in everybody's life we're going to have a struggle Um, And that struggle can be abuse. It can be uh, um, poverty, misfortune, uh, could be a bad childhood. Uh, It could be a um, car accident that changes your ability for your body to, to operate the way it's been operating previous to that. Um, And there's going to be a moment of transformation when we say, you know what, Um, I'm going to, this is not going to, tear me down. This is going to keep, I'm going to keep going. And then the part that I call the happy ending. Um, and that, that usually is the place where like being a thriver, where you see that there is a place where you can go to, that there are things you can still have or want peace and freedom and unconditional love. And for me, that place is meaningful work. And it took me years to realize that many of the things I did even before Maggie was killed was always seeking that meaningful work, meaning you know, to help and heal others to accomplish something. And so for all of us, maybe our struggles um, you know, are more intense or um, a lot of the women I work with, um, not just their, maybe their presenting issue is domestic violence, but there has been uh, child abuse in their life or other issues, other traumas. So they really are building on a number of things that they're having to overcome. I've also done work with domestic violence offenders, mostly men, and they will tell me about their trauma histories, that they will go back and talk about being exposed to domestic violence themselves as children, maybe child abuse. So we all have this struggle and um, and for some people, in particular the women I work with, it may be harder because there's so much that's happened to them and they really have lost their hope for the future. And that's what I hope. That's what I try to give them is hope. And, and once I get them there, that energy spinning again, the positive energy, the belief that they can do anything, they've already done incredible things just to get through what they've gotten through. Um, And they have someplace they can go in the future.
0: Well, speaking of a struggle, How does a woman go from the abuse that they have and do it throughout their life? And how do they get past being a victim and go to the thriver mode that you talk about?
1: Well, there's probably lots of ways that people could define it. And for some people, just the articulation, they could say, oh, yeah, that's right. I I did do that. And I've had women come up to me. When I passed out my flyers or talked about my work, you know, oh, that happened to me 20 years ago and yeah, you know, I didn't know I was a thriver but I was, I was determined that I was going to move forward and find something better and healthier and uh, for myself and my children. Um, the way I've ta- I talk about it in the work that I do, the workshops that I do, and and the books that I've put together is I think there are um, seven steps to go from from victim to well from survivor to thriver. Um, most of the women I work with who come into my workshops or who I start to uh, work and coach are someplace in the thrivers in the, in the survivor stage. And they're actually pretty close to the idea that they wanna move on, but they don't know how to do it. So the first thing I work with them on is that, that for them to see their journey, that they're on a journey, which we just talked about, uh, struggle to transformation, to happy ending, victim to survivor to thriver, to quiet down the negative voice in their head, which has sometimes been fed by the abuser. You're not good enough, you're you know fat and stupid, no one's ever gonna love you. Um, And then bring up the the happy person inside, I call it the positive part, and begin to take that positive energy to set set new goals for themselves, vision a new life, and really try to overcome any limiting beliefs about themselves. So I'll never go back to school. I'm not smart enough. And really take that step into that new goal. And maybe it's it's a, a small step into a new goal, and then you get that one done and another one and another one. And I've had women start singing again, and going back to school, starting their own businesses, um, you know, really taking their place in the world once again. And that's, I think, um, the process. It's a it's a human process. I think what happens is that we forget and we get stuck somewhere. And so I really try to help women get unstuck.
0: What what steps or or what exercises can can help a woman? thrive after abuse or get through all the things that they went through?
1: Um, I think one of the things I don't have the women do, either in my workshops or in the materials that I, the books that I have, I don't have them go back through their story. Um, I think it's important for them to tell that story, particularly in the victim part. They need to get help and they need to get out of the crisis. But to keep going back over the story, particularly the part of the victimization Will usually keep people, keep women in that um, that space of of uh, feeling frozen and feeling overwhelmed. Um, One of the exercises that I do um, in um, helping them to get the negative voice to quiet down is to uh, take a piece of paper and draw a line down the center on the left hand side, left column write down all the negative voice, negative stuff in your head. You know, I'll, I'll never get my life together. Um, I'm not strong enough. I'm, I'm not a good mother. And then on the right-hand side of the page, take a breath. And on that right-hand side, see if you can write a positive response to that. And, and just that recognizing that that voice is in your head and you have a response to it can help you realize that there's, that the negative voice is not the only voice. There's a positive voice, a part of us that the human experience that believes we can be positive, that we have uh, resiliency. Resiliency is the ability to stretch the rubber band and it always comes back. It always always snaps back. We have that resiliency as part of our human condition and to uh, remind yourself of that and when that negative voice comes up, no, I've got something to say about that. And here's the positive side. And to keep those kinds of affirmations, I am strong, I, I am capable, um, I can do it. And uh, you know, it's similar to affirmations are similar to the work in uh, the 12 step program. Affirmations keep you in that positive space. Um, and that's one of the, one of the exercises that I've used with the women.
0: What other tips would you give women who want to live a life of power and purpose after surviving domestic violence and sexual assault oh, and different kinds that, of abuse?
1: I love that power and purpose. Uh, yeah, and that's what I think we have to work on, not just women, but everyone, but I, I particularly have been helping women. Um, I think what they need to understand is that they have they do have positive patterns in their life. I believe a woman who can leave an abusive relationship, particularly if there's physical violence involved, if you can do that, if you can get all the powers in your head and all the the get rid of that negative voice and whatever it is, and do the things you have to do, you can do about anything. Um, and and I always, you know, set my marker um, the. When something new comes in my life that I think is difficult to do, like coming on a podcast and talking about my work, I always think, OK, is that harder than something else I've done? And when I've had some real challenges in my life, the the marker for me is, you know, is it harder than what I had to had to deal with after my niece was murdered? And usually the answer is no. Um, and and then I say, OK, I did that. I can do this. And so it's really realizing that we, we as human beings have the capacity to move through almost anything. And we see that with great examples in, a, in our society on a regular basis. People who have terrible things happen to them or have faced real adversity. And, and then we wonder, how do they do that? And so they are our role models of how you can do that. Maybe you don't have the same experience they have uh, or the same challenge but you can see that they got through it. And because they got through it, it can help you to see that you can get through it too.
0: What advice would you have for men who are trying to get through trauma that they faced in their life that may have contributed to being abusive towards women? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have done some work with male offenders, uh, domestic violence offenders. And um, first of all, I tell them they're, they're on a journey. Um, and the struggles are the same. I, I think for a lot of men, they don't have role models about how um, uh, men are supposed to good men are supposed to act. So I always suggest that they we talk about role models and, and you know who's a good role model, not only as a man, but also as a father or, or how you, you know, deal how you show respect to women. Um, and um, begin to understand that, you know, what's happened to you is part of the human experience and what, what is it you want to have as your legacy and what is it that um, you was lacking in your ability to see those, those pieces that, um, you know, the, the way you should um, approach things, the way men are socialized in our society, um sometimes those are strengths that men learn but there are also things that men um, learn about you know not showing your emotions um the only emotion you can show is anger and for some men who didn't have a role model about how to deal with their anger that their that anger is can can be expressed by violence and that's usually when I work with men who have, who have been arrested for domestic violence that's the place where we really start so this this these uh what you've been doing and the way you've been managing that has not is not working for you so let's see if we can find some other patterns and once again pulling up some positive patterns in other parts of their life so it, you know we're all in a human journey so that, that is not different between men and women, but men and women are socialized different in our society. And sometimes we're given strengths in that socialization. And sometimes we're given things that are not as helpful or that they we don't have enough role models about communication and um and really getting what we want. I always tell the guys in my offender groups that, you know, you what you're looking for in a relationship is love and you know that. But you know, doing power and control is not going to get you there. Um, and then they want to know, well, what does? And that's really where the where the conversation and the education begins.
0: Talk about your two book series, the Thriver Zone series and the Best mm-hmm. Revenge series. Mm-hmm. How, how are they different? And just kind of give us a, a brief overview of those book series. Okay.
1: So the Thriver Zone series is basically <laughs> comes from the the journey from victim to survivor to thriver. So I thought that what I could do in the three books, and I just put out the third one. So it's entering the Thriver Zone, living, I'm sorry, I'm sorry entering the Thriver Zone, staying in the Thriver Zone, and living in the Thriver Zone. So entering um, the first book talks about the seven steps that I just sort of quickly went through It has the exercises and some sample writings from women who've come to my workshop and a couple of thriver success stories. Staying in the thriver zone really helps to uh, work on uh, a focused desire and pushing through your fear and talking about how you get the things that you want in life, um, the new goals and the new desires. And the third book is called living in the thriver zone. Living well is the best revenge or uh, a celebration of living well as the best revenge. And that, that's really, I interviewed seven women from my programs over the years, the last 20 years and asked them what they got out of the program and the materials and how are they living today? How are they living well? So it's really kind of a, a, a compact uh, trilogy of self-help to get through, um, um, get beyond abuse and to thrive. Um, the Best Revenge series is actually a is a two-book series now. I'm working on the third book. It's a novel series. And one of the things I wanted to do after my niece's murder is write something about her story that might be helpful to others. So I did it in fiction. i um, loosely inspired by her story, but it's really a story that shows not only the first book called Awaken, the awakening of the of the human um, spirit to the healing journey. Um, it's sort of set in the same uh, scenario as my niece's story, a young woman who's killed by her ex-boyfriend, and then it moves into the longer journey. The second book is called Emerge, um, uh, the um, opening to the power of love, and the third book is coming out soon, and it's going to be called Thrive. So, it's really been an opportunity for uh, through story to help people see the warning signs of abuse, um, talk about the journey. And some people I find myself included that stories help um, are an easier way for people to get some of the education they need and to also see and enjoy the, um, the, the way the story evolves and the characters also evolve.
0: Besides your third book, are there any other projects that you are currently working on? Any upcoming speaking engagements or, or just anything that you might be working on?
1: Yeah, so writers are always writing a book. Um, so right now I'm working on a facilitator's guide. I do have a number of uh, programs and people who are advocates with women who are interested in, and are using and are interested in using my materials in the Thriver Zone books. So I'm putting together a facilitator's guide. I also regularly do training with progr- with staff and programs. I do have people like uh, therapists and counselors who've bought my books and use some of the materials, if may not, not maybe not all materials. Uh, what they like about the books, the therapists and counselors is that they regularly don't do a lot of visioning with their clients. They like the idea their clients start to see a vision for themselves in the future and then moving, moving through it. Um, I'm also been working on the third book in the series, and I've also been working on a book that I think will be more about the whole healing process. So there's so much more, particularly in the COVID time that we're in, that people are going through grief and loss. Um, and the process that I was talking about that resilience, you know, how do you bounce back and what are those those qualities and who are some of our role models that are out there? Like like Nelson Mandela is one of the people that's interesting to me. He he uh, faced great great struggle in and, and trauma and and um, uh, and came out of it came came through it with the idea that not only would he um, move his country forward, but he would um, I guess I guess the word be forgive um the people that did that did what they did to him. Um, and for a lot of the women that's where we kind of get stuck in the uh, I call it the F word, the forgiveness word. And I don't know that you have to forgive people necessarily that have um have harmed you um, in, you know, the traditional sense, but I think letting go of your anger in some ways, putting that energy someplace else is really important to me. And I've been thinking about writing about that some more, or, or at least giving some more, um, uh, attention to the idea that we need to do more of this in our society, um, and we'll be a better society.
0: Go ahead and throw out your contact information, let people know how okay. we can get the books as well as what formats they're available in, any website or social media links.
1: Okay, so um, my, ma- my main website is called The Thriver Zone, or actually it's called it's www.thriverzone.com. And on there, you can buy my books. They're also available on Amazon. But if you buy them through my website, I can autograph them for you. Um, and, um, on the website, there's also some, uh, free materials, some of the worksheets that I use and some of the information about, um, the work, the workshops that I do. Um, and I do workshops about four times a year. Um, I've been doing them virtually, um, the last year here, uh, which means I've been doing them on zoom. So, um, they're available to women at this point. Um, and I have also do a lot of training. So if there's anybody out there who would like to um, part, be involved in some training about the materials that I use or just in general about this whole concept of how we can help people move from victim to survivor to thriver, I can be contacted by um, at my email address, which is Susan at ThriverZone.com. I'm also on Facebook. I think my Facebook page is called Take the Journey. Um, And I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter under the Thriver Zone.
0: Are there any topics that we didn't discuss that you would like to touch on before we go?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think what I'm um, interested in is that people um, see that there is a path forward And that, and and it may, you know, um, some people who've read my materials or read my books uh, realize that it may, it, it applies more to, to women. I felt very strongly that women who have come through abuse have, is a category of, of uh, readers or um, people seeking material that is not usually focused on. So I wanted to be able to do that. But I want people, uh, my goal in life, I guess, my purpose is to have people understand, as I've understood, that there is a journey. uh, We're all on a journey. And that if we can get to that thriver place, however we define it, um, we can do some amazing uh, good in the world and also find the purpose why we are here. I believe we're all here for a purpose. I believe we're all here to help each other and the more I can help somebody else, the more it, it means that I have fulfilled that purpose. So um, that's really a message that I think is the most universal um, and the most um, important to our times right now.
0: Absolutely, understood. Ladies and gentlemen, Susan Amelian. Susan, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very much for having me here and let's all get out there and thrive.
0: Absolutely. And listeners, after checking out the show, go rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.